Exclamation at the end. That's how nice it is. <laughs> as nice as you can get. And don't do that thing where, well, all right, here, people listening, don't expect us to add more explanations than we need to. I mean, exclamations. <laughs> or explanations. Or explain it. If you're wondering why they're so upset and what's going on, we don't know either. Like, when people start putting multiple ex, those, what I'm talking about, the line and the dot <laughs> after each other, to me, it's like, like it's a text. too much. Like it's a text. And then what are you trying to do? Morse code? <laughs> we haven't done that. You know, I mean, we're both retired police officers. Off the force for good, what, uh, three, four? So we're like a, a cicada. Like, seven every 17 years, we're allowed back on the force <laughs> for one day. And uh, for the record, I'm Officer Dickie Johnson. And I am former Lieutenant. Chino Martino Rodriguez. Absolutely. And that's hyphenated. Don't mess that up. And those are our real names. Yeah. What are we doing right now? All right, so what we're doing, we're in the kitchen today, and I am making a seasoning mix so that I can season this pork butt. Oh, we're going to season it. We're, we're going to eat pork butt tonight. We are. Yeah. But it's a twofer because while I'm doing this, and I'm going to explain what I'm doing here, we're going to talk about the great Neil Young. You we are, yep. We're going to talk about Neil Young today. And first of all, let's talk about the seasonings we're using here. Yeah, please do tell me, because some I'm, of these are like, these are old and now, like they, that one right there in particular, I think is expired seasoning. Those cumin? No, that one right there that doesn't look like it was made in this this century. This onion powder? This guy right here. The celery salt? Look at the label. Compared to the rest of them, I mean, it just looks like it's. You got McCormick's, like and then you got that might not be what it says the label is. Oh my goodness! Why don't you look at the label? So, here, <laughs> I know it's what it says is. I know what celery salt is. <laughs> How do you know? Smell it, dude. Let it me smell like it. Celery salt. Let me smell it. It looks so <laughs> dated. You're just. You don't know what you're talking it about. Smells like someone's shoes. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> what we have going on right here is we're gonna season this pork butt. So we've got garlic, garlic powder, onion powder ground cumin, paprika, a little bit of chili powder, a little bit of thyme leaf. So, anyway, what I'm going to do... Wait, what's the small one? This little guy? Yeah. I wouldn't worry about that little guy. Come on. So it's, it's time for you to figure it out. No, it's time. Is yeah. there Morris Day in the time? <laughs> Morris Day in the... Mo so, I just saw something uh, that I actually was going to pull up for you when I was YouTube clicking. Yeah. Um, it was uh, something Morris Day being interviewed that said... Morris Day explaining just how cheap Prince really was. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I did. I, I already did. It. Yeah, well, I'll find it later. All right, what is, what's this mixture of? All right, so here's what we got. We got the paprika, we got the chili powder, we got the onion powder, the garlic powder, we got the cumin, celery salt, and we got the thyme leaves. What we're going to do, we're just going to mix it all up like this, like so. So it's, you know, evenly mixed, and then I'm going to put that all over this pork pot. I've got the oven in, 375. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put the pork butt in, and I'm going to 
I'm going to let it cook for probably like an hour, maybe hour and a half at yeah. most. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take it out from roasting in the oven, and then I'm going to put liquid in it, cover it, and braise it. What kind of liquid? I'm going to use chicken stock. Yes. Yep, I'm going to use chicken stock. So I'm pretty much done with the seasoning mixture. So I'm going to... Can I take a smell of it and look at it? Yeah, man. Examine it? Yep, absolutely. He's also mixing this with his hands. Don't know if you watched him, but... Not since the last time I had him on you. Oh, that smells so good. Oh, yeah. You know what it smells like? And not to, not to be rude about it, but it smells like the uh, packet you get when you mix... Uh, <laughs> no, no, when you mix uh, taco seasoning. Oh. It's got a taco seasoning, too. Because it's that little bit of chili powder and cumin. That's it? The chili powder and cumin give it that, you know? But, yeah, it's... it's is it cumin or is it cumin? Um... Dealer, potato? Dealer's choice. Yeah, dealer's choice. <laughs> 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 oh. Well, we also want to talk about our... our I mean, I can't call him my dear friend, but I feel like I, he is a friend of mine. He's he, Neil he Young. He is my first and biggest hero. Yeah. He's he's the reason that I wanted to play guitar. He's the reason that I... Yeah, when did you get turned on to him? Uh, I would say I was turned on to Neil Young when I was probably eight or nine. Yeah. And it was uh, when my parents got divorced. Yeah. My mom started dating someone uh, more seriously again who... You know, she was with like five or six years. It was the guy who taught me how to play guitar, and um, <coughs> he was just a big Neil Young fan. Oh, nice! Big Beatles, big Neil Young, and that was all really his influence. And just, I, f- I feel like the best way to say it is that I really saw Neil Young the same way that he did. You know, he was just like, man, is this like, look at how, look, look at this, look at this, and I was just like, so. Awesome! Like I was, yeah. I was so so young and so impressed, especially because you know Neil, especially you know in the live Rust, you know the video that, that was the one that changed my changed my my life. Rust never sleeps. All that. Um, yeah, yeah. It uh, it's that thing where he comes out and plays the first six songs acoustic right. by himself, and then he comes out with the fucking rock and roll band. Right. And it's it was just so larger than life to me, you know what I mean? It's like this guy's out here playing twelve string, killing it in a arena by himself. Then he just comes out, it's fucking rock and roll band. Full band. And he's just you know, Neil just plays so fucking pissed and it's just so yeah, heavy. And it's like both Neil and the rhythm guitar player Poncho both play Les Pauls, which I always thought was so funny. <laughs> it's, like, it's like how much more dick can we pack on this stage? You know, fucking give him Les Paul too. <laughs> so <laughs> I always thought that was really, really funny. Um, and also just awesome. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they, it was you know, Crazy Horses. It's such a a real rock and roll band. You know, it's not everybody in the band is just an incredible musician or anything like that. But when they practice, they get better, and they've been at it for a long time. And you know, they I'm not saying they're not an incredible band. I'm just saying it's a rock and roll band. Right. The, and that's what I like about Crazy Horse, too. Uh, Neil Young and Crazy Horse, I thought it was it was also a really funny thing for, you know, ten, between the ages of 10 and 14, that I was the only one I ever knew running around Jim and Neil Young and Crazy Horse. and had all these, uh, you know, Neil Young magazine clippings and things like that on my guitar cases and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. He was, he was just my guy. I feel like you're... Love for Neil Young is similar to mine of Paul Simon, where I was I agree with that. turned on to Paul Simon at a very young age. I agree with that. And I just instantly fell in love with that music and then didn't understand why no one else was my age was listening to that. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really funny when you connect with something like that. And I I also know that about you and Paul Simon. I've, and I've all, you've always played really cool Paul Simon songs and jam cool ones and turned me on to stuff I never knew about. Yeah. And I always love that about you because uh, for me, when I was a kid, and the idea of Paul Simon, it was Simon and Garfunkel. Yes, that's for me too first. And what's, what's really funny about it is, <laughs> it's not funny to admit now, is that I actually didn't really notice when I, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know who, who was who in their vocals, but I was more of a, of a, a, a falsetto like Garfunkel fan. Yeah. You know, I really was, because I just, that delicate touch and, you know, mm -hmm. songs like for Emily, my, my dear, whenever I may find her and stuff like that, those songs were the ones that ruined me, you know? However, as time goes on, you know, you just start to understand the, the skill in writing who Paul Simon is, and it's like, ah, I get it. Yeah. I get it now. So, you know, Paul Simon's just an incredible, incredible musician with so many incredible feats. And man, when he did that Graceland with the African band, I mean, there's just, you know, the guy's just Lights untouchable. Up. But let's talk, uh, let's talk about Neil Young, and let's specifically talk about After the Gold Rush. Yes. I saw recently that they did a 50 year anniversary remaster of it. That's because it came out in 1970, right? Uh, 71, right? 71? Yeah, I think it's... Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fact check. I think Harvest is 70, and I think the F for Gold Rush is 71. Just, I'm gonna just double check yeah, it. Yeah, give it a double check. But, um, was that the record that you were like, this is my guy? That... No, it really wasn't. It wasn't... Not, that was not my childhood record. Got it. That was definitely my, you know, years down the road record with Neil. Yeah. You know, there was... Because I wanted so much of, uh... Just that rock and roll Neil, Neil and Crazy Horse when I was a kid, you know what I mean? And records like Freedom, I always liked the big band records and the, the rowdy yeah. guitar Neil. Um, I didn't start really getting into that acoustic soft touch Neil, and, and he's got such a beautiful, beautiful catalog of all that stuff until I, you know, got a little bit older mm -hmm. and got into acoustic music in the whole. Release date September nineteenth, nineteen seventy. Okay, cool. So they did that fifty year re thing. Last year, yep, two thousand twenty. Um, I had really like I've heard mostly all those songs, but until re-listening to that record, that record again, kind of was reintroduced to these tunes again, and then went deep dive into them, hearing things that I'd never really noticed in the song, especially that "Tell Me Why." Oh man, you know, yeah, that's definitely it's it's funny because I know that "Tell Me Why." When we first were discussing the record, you know, that was not my number one on that record. Right. And it is now. It is now, yeah. And it's so funny because I even play it, you know, with the acoustic duo. You know, we, we keep it up. Yeah. You know, you know I, I love it. I, I absolutely love that song. Um, with that record, too, I mean, I love it that those can be records that you you graduate to. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, and man, I <laughs> these days I just feel like every single track on that record has got so much sand. You know, right, right. It's just a uh, such an incredible uh, collection of music to have uh, accomplished all together at one time. That was just quite, quite, quite a record. Yeah. So and I think the other thing I wanted to talk about too with that I don't know if it's released to the record, but. Um, I heard Neil Young on Mark Maron's podcast. Right. And that was such a fascinating thing to listen to. You sent it to me. I think I sent it to you. I'm pretty sure you did too. Um, he talks about, you know, his whole thing with him playing on the uh, 
the last waltz. Yeah, I remember all of it. Now. You know, and and he was so cordial and like talking it was so freely and basically explaining that he was on tour at the same time that was happening. <laughs> yeah. And he had to take a flight. It was like impossible to make this concert, but he did it. No sleep. And I mean, his performance was still pretty epic. You could see that he was absolutely shot out of his mind. <laughs> but, you know, I never knew that he was, like, he was bending over backwards to make it to that To concert. make it happen. All I knew was that he looked strung out and looks, you know, like how he looks in the performance. Oh, he... he That's looks, all that stood out to me. He looks super special. Yeah. He looks like he's been up for about a half a week. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a... <laughs> looks like he's giving... But it's that same thing that the show must go on. Oh, big he time. He gave everything he had left Agreed. on that performance. And, you know, the uh, <laughs> the Joni Mitchell in the background singing the helpless chorus. And the thing is, too, is you just see it happen, too, where he's up there trying to get it worked out. And then you just see the moment when the whole bands go, oh, we're doing this. You know, and you see them all singing into the mic together and geeking out and smiling together. And yeah. It's, it's actually, it's considering the helpless is really just a DCG three-chord tune, it's one of the most epic in memorable parts of the whole show right and it's it's a also a very effective tune you know mm-hmm. Neil knew how to write him he uh what an incredible songwriter and storyteller let's uh let's talk about the pandemic and let's talk about after the gold rush yeah because that's that's kind of uh why we started with this segment was the idea that <clears throat> during the pandemic you and I and our other cop buddies yeah uh, I think what was it five of us? There was five. We all covered after the gold rush. Mm-hmm. Every track, every every single person did every track, and being that it was, I mean, at the time I think we were only what two a- months. April. Yeah, it yeah, was, April of last year. Yeah, so we were only a month into the pandemic or mm-hmm. something, and much like everybody else, no one knew what to do with themselves, and we started this idea with this group of guys that we were going to cover after the gold rush and that we were going to every Sunday or Monday whatever it was you know everybody start with Friday start with Friday Friday we had to have the songs up on the Google Drive for us to all listen to yep and then over the weekend we would start to like tell each other about it yep and that evolved to having it ready Sunday because these songs got so complicated (laughs) that some of them actually took a little bit longer to get done in five days And that was actually, okay. we were all okay with it because um, we were all like so excited to hear each other's versions and especially how like when they started to go way out of like what you would ever think this song would sound like, you know, like spoken word, you had reggae, you had singer songwriter, you had, I mean, I brought my friend over across the street, play sax on one of the, one of the tunes and put some cool delay and reverb on that. So like. What was cool about that for me is that it started out as a project, but it ended up being way more than that for all of us because it was, or for me in particular, it was such a tough time to like just sit there and do nothing, and it just felt like we were doing something that mattered. It was, it was very, very. It meant everything. To me. Yeah, and, you know, and I think it really meant everything to everybody doing it, and there was so much insecurity. Nobody knew what was going on. People like felt like they couldn't go out of their houses you know people felt like they, you know the only place you were allowed to go was shopping people didn't even want to do that you know yeah everybody's terrified to to leave their homes it was a very scary time and we really needed something to hold on to and you know 
the the thing was that I have a relationship with this record where if I wake up most days I, I if I wake up <laughs> when I when I wake up most days you know the first thing I do is look at my phone see what time it is and then just go right to some music engine because I'm about to put on some music while I shower you know I'm, I don't do caffeine in the morning and stuff like that so it's really important for me to wake up get some hot water get the day started and yeah. every day I'm always going to put some music on and there's days that I wake up and I'm hungover moody or whatever shitty mood whatever it is that I'm just like oh, I don't need this today and what I found on those days that I told myself that I just don't need music today, mm-hmm. I found that if I put on After the Gold Rush, it was just so soothing. Yeah. And it became this thing to me where it was the record to me that I listened to when I didn't want to hear music. And it was this funny thing of being like, yeah, but there's this then, you know? And it was always so perfect. And then it was such a funny relationship that I started having with that record where it just started to mean a lot to me. So, oh, Yeah. So as we were getting to, um, you know, in this point where we're all stuck, it's just kind of like, hey, man, you know, I mean, if you remember, I sent out, sent out that group text. I was like, what do you guys think about this? You know, and I wanted, I wanted to do this after the gold rush thing, but I had no idea how to do it. And thank goodness that you're like, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Gonna, you know, and, and everybody really did uh, work together to make it, you know, a, a group collective. And, you know, I know just the first week was so funny how... You know, I knew I was gonna do this thing. I think what I used the twelve string and yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna or tell me why. Yeah, I'm gonna try and get you know some dr vocals in here, and you know, I had kind of like the repeated chorus and just try to make it creative, you know. And then everybody kind of had that you know acoustic feel, and then here comes Brandon. He's got the big reggae feel with the drums. Yeah, and then Sean just knocked all our dicks in the dirt. Yeah, he literally puts out this "Tell Me Why" and it sounds like. Fish and the Beatles are a super group together. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and he's you so know, it's a completed track. Play, yeah, and he's playing every instrument. Yeah, there's you know, two or three piano parts. You know, there's bass, drums. He, you know, it's such a incredible, incredible cut of his first cut. You know, yeah. I think he said he worked on it for two weeks or something. You know, right. And uh, he um, he really set the bar. You know what I mean? Because what happened after that is that you just saw everybody. Start going, oh, it's like this. Well, also, too, Jimmy put out that Tell Me Why, that the way he sang it was so different and so, like we said, like uh, that song's going to haunt me for the rest of my oh, life. I've, I've listened to Jimmy's Tell Me Why more than anything, <laughs> yeah, anything else. I, and, you know, on that same thing, I, there was this thing uh, where Sundays were the day that I would... Sundays were for Jay-Z's Tell Me Why. Every yeah. Sunday, I started getting into the routine of waking up and playing that. And he just like, had oh. this... He bent, he bent the last... He bent the why like that you would never think to bend it like that and no I never so I never understood how he even saw it like that or whatever but it was so it was or maybe man, he didn't he just did it that yeah, way whatever whatever, whatever it was, it was. Man, the way he, and even the way he he had layered the vocals yeah it was it was just amazing um, that for me that track was the one that I went uh oh I really need to like focus on this not just. Oh, it's Wednesday. I'll get this done for Friday. I was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like every day, I was working on it. My my wife would come home from work, and I'd grab her one time to like, I go, oh, okay, ready, ready, sing this, and I'd give her the, the lyrics and like, let's go. Like, like you had a chance to put her jacket I, off, you know. I was um, what I I really wanted to do is as soon as I you know looked at the track list, 
is I started putting strategy together. I knew how I was going to do, I think, the first eight songs in the first ten minutes of the idea. I knew that I was going to do Tell Me Why Stripped Down with the 12 string, because, you know, it's like me and the 12 strings, the, the old school love. And <laughs> I knew that, you know, I think the first idea I actually had was the spoken word after the gold rush. Yes. That I was going to do the spoken word, psychedelic, and it was going to be, you know, I think that was the initial idea, and I kind of started working around that. And I, you know, I had the boys available, but I was like, I'm only going to do one song with the band, so I had that be Southern Man, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the horns and all the lyrics. Mm -hmm. But I, I started to try to use all of the musicians that I had available within my bubble in different aspects and ideas, you know? Mm -hmm. I had Ace do some piano, um, you know, Ryan got that program, and next thing you know, we're making hip hop beats. You know, there were so many different things. Uh, Slim did the uh, "Till the Morning Comes." Yeah, and if you remember that track on mine, it was like a, a, a '90s dance tune. Right. You know I mean, it was. You know, I, I tried to. I wanted every week that I delivered the song, I wanted it to be very surprising and very much like what I had not done before. Right. There was no uh, theme or rhyme or reason to mine than just to make everything different so that you could hear this record in such a different, you know, head of just like, wait, what? This is how you saw it? You know, and that's, that's what I wanted to do with it. I, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to use everyone I could so that I could get all my musician friends involved. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that every track I had, you know, because essentially at that point, you know, we're kind of making for each other. We are, and that's yeah. what I wanted. Is I wanted, I wanted every time somebody hit play, I'm like, "What's this dude gonna do this week?" And that's that's what I went with. You know, I wanted to be one of the shock value. Yeah, and I also wanted to get everybody involved. You know, what excited me too is that um, I would wait to hear someone's version of a song, and then next week try to apply what they had done to my next track. Right, says, right. Like uh, I saw what you did there. I'm gonna try it on this next one. We were and that was cool too. Yeah, the way that we were influencing each other was was really big. And also, you know, it was like such a friendly competitiveness, you know, where it's not like there's no, just not like everybody's going to get a trophy or anything, but you're like, oh, man, we're working harder, you know? It was, yeah. It was, it was really, really good, and it was, it was, no, it wasn't good. It was great for me. It was great. Because I didn't know what else to do with It was myself. perfect for that time. I didn't know what else to do with myself. And uh, we kept to the schedule of 11 tracks in 11 weeks. Yep. And that was incredible. And then, um, you know, the uh, the way the the last song came together too was just oh man, top notch. You know, I, yeah, that Cripple Creek Ferry. Yeah. The fact that uh, that we were all able to get together for you know one time, one day, and it made it very special to be able to finish the record by all of us being able to be together. Right. Eleven weeks later. Is it safe? Can we all get... <laughs> yeah, can we do this? Can we yeah. do this? What are the rules? <laughs> and then uh, to have, uh, you know, the way we recorded it too, like, kind of like a blitzkrieg, let's get this done, not knowing really, like, oh, is, is this going to sound like shit after all this effort? <laughs> right. And then listening back to it, it sounds so good. Oh, it's so that fun. That was so surprising. Yeah, I mean, the record definitely... By the time that I had finished my record, I had played... Drums, bass, guitar, piano. I sang. I'd done all kinds, of, you know, and obviously, you know, just just the guitar guy, you know. But it was it was pushing me to to do everything. And there was also part of me that 
also was, you know, with me being such a big Neil guy, you know, I was like, I, just, I was, I put a lot of heart into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really, I really wanted, I really wanted it to, to be big and cool. Right. <laughs> to, to for, for lack of other reasons, yeah. I really wanted it to be big and cool and weird and different. The other thing too is just that it, for me, it made me like I I didn't want to disappoint you guys like the other, and I think all five of us kind of had that feeling each week of like you better not show up with the track at the end of the week and one person I won't name did not they didn't finish the 10th song for a while and boy do we give him shit for that oh yeah still I know it's all I'm thinking about <laughs> it's all I'm thinking about right this second you know but hey when you start something you better finish it right that's and, what we made uh, so we called the project way after the gold rush. I don't know if we said that. Yeah, earlier. We, yeah, I don't think we did. We kind of jumped around a little bit. But um, we made T-shirts and a logo for it, and uh, man, that that is what I'm gonna remember about 2020. This pandemic yeah. can go for screw because that that made that made my year. So I I sent uh, that way after the gold rush to like my cousin in Michigan and I sent it to my buddy Russ down in Alabama yeah I just kind of sent it in weird directions and I honestly don't remember anybody getting back to me about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah which you know what makes me think that they listened to it yeah (laughs) because it was so weird and different yeah yeah I I I really uh, really enjoyed that I had Sean actually bring me a copy of his I was listening to it recently yeah yep I could probably I mine's I could send you the link to mine I mean yeah. it's in the drive right it's in the drive yeah 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 yeah. I definitely at the uh, shortly after the project ended I I would go through the, everybody's CDs a lot yeah because yeah. we're coming up on the one year yeah that's what that's what's crazy about this conversation yeah actually, is that I was like man I haven't thought about this in a while yeah like, oh, God, that's, that's actually been a minute yeah that's that's nuts man it is crazy I feel like we should like release them all one like for the the 11 weeks that it was actually last year that we somehow figure out a way to release like all of the tracks together because they're all recorded yeah and then everyone now can listen to each one of our takes on that week I agree yeah we should do that that'd be great yeah I'll, I'll, I'll make some I'll call my people <laughs> have them set it up yeah you know get some things moving <laughs> um, so this has been a real fun discussion I think we went longer than we thought we were going to go but, of course we did um, I'm glad we talked about it this is cool and, and this, Neil, Neil the hero he is the hero and uh, he will forever be young <laughs> in my eyes sing by Rod Stewart <laughs> forever young my name is Chino Martino Rodriguez I'm Officer Dickie Johnson. And uh, this has been nice. Nice. Nice.